Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the All Things Leeds podcast, another episode from lockdown. I'm Ed McIntyre and joining me still is my co-host Charles Foster. Charles, hello. Hello, Matt. You all right? Yeah, you? Yeah, I'm sound. Been out, been yeah. out biking today, so I'm in a bit of a better mood. Ah, nice. Yeah, I, I've been out quite a lot this week as well because it's been gorgeous weather, so been not really any excuse to stay in. You know, work that I've had to do, I've just got my laptop and took it out into the garden. You know, it's been lovely weather, so I've been been outside quite a lot. It's, it's, it's been quite nice. So, um, yeah, I, I'm doing all right now in lockdown and self-isolation. I'm doing all right now. Of course, though, before we move into anything at all, um, I do want to send our thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of Leeds United and England legend Norman Hunter, who has sadly passed away at the age of 76. Um, he was being treated in hospital after contracting the coronavirus, and he unfortunately lost his battle. He's, we, we've lost just a, a true footballing legend, Charles. Yeah, obviously part of that brilliant Leeds United side of the 1960s and 70s. Capped uh, about, I think it was capped 28 times for England. So um, he was also part of the World Cup winning squad. So an extremely yeah. good defender, well regarded by everyone of that era and every fan of that era. And obviously even now, obviously he's got his sweet Ellen Road. He's, I mean, I've never met him, but apparently a very warm bloke, very nice to speak to, very, very pleasant and, and got endless amounts of time, uh, time for fans. So yeah, it's a, it is a big loss, especially for anyone connected with Leeds United player or fan or owner and we're all, we'll all be feeling it today yeah it's a very big loss of course Norman Hunter was at Leeds United from 1962 to 1976 14 years at the club he made 726 appearances won two first division titles won FA Cup trophy won League Cup trophy two first cups and of course he won the 1966 World Cup with England he's one of the best defenders to ever play football um, and of course, he earned the nickname "Bite Your Legs," <laughs> which you know he was a very tough player on the field. Of course, defender, um, yeah, a very very tough player. But as you say, he's one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet. So I, I met him a few times up in the gantry at Ellen Road, and then also you know outside of, of Ellen Road as well. I'm very fortunate to have met him a few times. I, I say I'm lucky to meet quite a lot of people, but I'm generally. Very, very fortunate to have met Norman Hunter because, of course, he's he's a footballing legend and he's such a nice guy, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. He'll remember you as well. So the first game um, of the season against Norman Forest, I was up in the gantry and I was speaking to him, not for too long, but the next home game I was up there in the gantry and he was there, he he recognised me, so, um, he, you know, he remembered me, so he, he, he's such a nice bloke, got so much time for everyone, and it was a fantastic character, because um, up on the gantry, um, of course, big thanks to LS11 for letting me go up there yeah, a few times this season, so, so at the beginning of the season, he was sat right near us, and you could you could see and hear everything that he was doing and of course the, that first home game of the season against Nottingham Forest that one all draw um we were okay we weren't fantastic and uh, every time we you know made a mistake he'd bang the desk he'd be <laughs> shouting and, and and saying all kinds of stuff stuff that I can't really repeat on my podcast so um, <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic he's such a nice guy a true legend on the pitch and also off the pitch. So, yeah, Norman Hunter, who will definitely be um, sadly uh, missed. This it seems to have affected you know a lot of people, even people who didn't meet him. It's, it's affected a lot, a lot of the uh, Legion 
United family and the football family as well. So um, yeah, he will be uh, sadly missed. And as I say, thoughts and prayers um, out to uh, his friends and family. And uh, I think that this is a perfect time to just remind everyone, please follow the advice, follow the guidelines, the, for the law, for whatever. Um, yeah, follow all the advice. Stay at home as much as you can to save lives, save the NHS and uh, you know stop the spread of coronavirus. Just do what do all you can. Of course, uh, many thanks to all NHS staff and all key workers out there for, for continuing your fantastic work. And of course, as, as we keep on mentioning, this period will affect a lot of people's mental health. So if you are struggling through this time, then please do feel free uh, to contact me or Charles. Yeah, so as I said, a big thank you to all NHS and, and key workers out there uh, during this time. We're recording this on a Friday. So last night I was uh, out clapping uh, for the NHS. Were you doing that, Charles? Uh, no, I, think I was busy yesterday evening. I think I was um, I was sorting something out uh, in the house and some, I was repairing something. But um, yeah, I always just tweet any positive things towards the NHS. I'm a huge fan of it uh, without getting into any uh, political arguments. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the NHS. So yeah, I'll, I'll always support them and, and they are doing a fantastic job at the moment and they deserve to be appreciated for that job. Yeah, 100%. I have seen a few videos though online of, especially in London, just a lot of people gathering at this one place, like on a bridge or something. Yeah, clapping for the NHS is fantastic, but you, people aren't obeying social distancing laws out there. You know, even police, they're going to these ginormous gatherings and people are, you know, packed together just clapping on video. You know, for, for God's sake, social distancing, guys. Yeah, clap for the NHS, but just do it at home. Don't have in a public place because that's just stupid. You, you're doing more, more harm than good there. So no, it's, yeah, that's been frustrating. You're clearly just transmitting the virus doing stupid stuff like that i don't know why people would do that the whole point of it is to appreciate them if you, you're not really appreciating them if you're creating more work for them are you yeah exactly it's really really frustrating me all these people who aren't following the advice so yes please please guys follow the advice because the more people who do it then the sooner we are out of this mess um, but of course, Leeds United have been releasing videos every week of past and present players clapping for the NHS. And uh, the video um, last Thursday included Mark Viduka, Luciano Becchio, Big Kev, uh, John Kevin Augustine. And you also had David Batty in there. <laughs> I was not expecting to see David Batty in there. Oh, he's, he's a bit reclusive, isn't he, as a, as a figure for, uh, after his football career. So, yeah, it was nice to see Bats. It's a, it's a good um, bit of video of him as well. It's a, bit of a rare smile on his face because he he's not really well known for, for smiling much. <laughs> it's yeah. So it's nice to see him smile. Yeah. Um, very much a player of my dad's era. He's probably one of my dad's favourite ever players. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was nice to see him, especially supporting something uh, as important as the NHS on, on video yeah. for the club. And it's good to see that David Bat is actually you know still around and still in contact because he seems to, uh, you know, as soon as his football career was up, he just seemed to falling off the face of the earth no one had really heard of him um of course all these centenary celebrations last season david batter didn't go to any <laughs> he, yeah, he just he was, didn't like it i think vinnie jones tried to convince him to go but he just said he wasn't he didn't want to go he's he, he obviously appreciates what uh the club and or what, they, what they, they did for him but he doesn't consider himself a football player anymore he considers his job done he wants to live yeah. his life with his family and his kids he lives out on the east coast i think he spends a lot of his time in like scarborough and whitby and that walking his dog on the beach i think he's quite happy and spending time with his kids i think he's quite happy doing stuff like that so yeah, I, mean, I think he's fair, a bit of an introvert isn't he yeah fair play to him if that's what he wants to do that's what he wants to do yeah and it's interesting because every, every time you speak to David Batty's teammates, they'll always tell you David Batty is a fantastic player, but he never liked football. Like, he, he was never a fan of football. You know, he, he liked his golf, he liked his fishing, but he never liked football. Some some people don't, don't they? It's just a job for yeah. some people. But, you know, it was, it was a good footballer. Imagine playing football at his standard and not enjoying football, <laughs> watching football. It's bizarre. I think he enjoyed his time at the club, 
uh, and you know his t- time he spent with his friends and his teammates and in the kind of family aspect of the club when we won the league in 92 obviously and getting promoted in 89 90 I think he enjoyed the kind of atmosphere around it more than he actually enjoyed playing it obviously yeah. I'm, it's still one of his best achievements and I'm sure he's, he's still very proud of it but I think he enjoyed being around the club more than he enjoyed the playing aspect yeah but uh, definitely a good video good to see David Batty uh, getting involved um, as well but yeah Charles I think this is week three or week four of lockdown now of self-isolation how, how, how are you doing yeah fine I'm, I'm, I'm all right I mean I, I would like to go out and see my mates more and you know go yeah. to the pub and all the things that you miss when, when you're when you're, <laughs> when you're stuck in the house most hours of the day but you know I'm doing more exercise which is probably good for me I'm eating a bit more regularly um, I need to sort my sleeping pattern out though yeah I need to sort my sleeping pattern out it's just getting up and getting dressed as well because you realize you wake up and you realize I'm not going anywhere today. So what's the point in getting dressed? <laughs> Might as well just lounge around in my, in my dressing gown or whatever. But no, I, I, I think I it's good to actually... So saying, I, I, sorry to interrupt. So I was just, uh, just going to say, I, I always feel a bit better once I've had a shower and brushed my teeth. And, oh, you yeah. Know, yeah, rather than just... If you stand in your pyjamas all day, you feel a bit kind of dirty by the evening. You feel a bit kind of... Yeah. A bit wrong. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been doing a lot more exercise as well, you know, just walking out and, you know, sorting out my eating as well. Um, but of course... Easter last weekend. Did you have a good Easter weekend? Um, yeah, as a kind of former Catholic, it's uh, not not particularly a holiday I enjoy much because I had to spend a lot of time in church when I was in school. So yeah. I tend to give it a bit of a miss. Fair enough. <laughs> For the most part, I didn't actually I, I didn't actually eat meat on on Good Friday though, which you're not uh, not not intentionally. I just didn't. And then <laughs> my brother had, uh, went for Easter eggs in the garden. That the uh, obviously the Easter bunny had left. <laughs> so that was that was nice to see him running about in the garden and finding him. But other than that, didn't yeah. you have to really do much. I just enjoyed eating Easter eggs. To be honest, I only got one, but I enjoyed that. <laughs> I'm not a big, I'm not a big chocolate fan myself. Yeah. I never really eat much sweet stuff, so it, it kind of, it's not really for me. Fair enough. It's, fair it's enough. one of the only vices I don't have is uh, not not eating sweet stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So, have you been up to uh, anything new during uh, self isolation and lockdown? Not, not really. I, I, I mean, I read, I read the Square Ball Winter Special. I've been putting off in for a while because I just wanted something new to read. And I thought, well, that's about 150 pages long. I can probably do that in an evening. And I did do it in an evening. I was, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I also got bought myself a digital sub- subscription because I didn't get a copy of the the, the latest issue. So. Yeah, I've just been reading that. Uh, obviously, keeping up with all the other podcasts which I'm subscribed to, which I won't announce now because I don't want to give them a free plug. <laughs> <laughs> but um, including our own. Uh, but, and yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it. I haven't really been doing anything new. What about, what about yourself? Yeah, well, you know, just doing podcasts, um, listening to the podcast while I'm, uh, you know, while while I'm doing cleaning up and and, and whatever because podcasts are probably the most frictionless piece of content to to absorb really you know video you need to sit down and watch a video a blog you need to sit down and read it with podcasts you can just stick it on and, and, and do whatever really i've finished the office now <laughs> all, all nine seasons of the office usa i've, I've, I've finished watching that some until i die season two i've finished that as well so i i, I need to find new stuff to do because because i've read all Molly united books and, and stuff and all the square balls that i have i might just start reading all programs you know just old Leeds united programs that i have lying about i might just start reading them to get your fix <laughs> <laughs> yeah to get my fix definitely <laughs> It is a, it's a bit hard. I, miss it. I do miss the club a bit. Yeah, I, I, I miss football. The other day, I just you know. went to Ellen Road and just sat there and just looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you did. I yeah, don't I drive, so I haven't got that opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I only I, I don't live too far away from Ellenwood, so I can easily do that. Um, I'm, I'm I am missing a lot of stuff now. I desperately need a haircut. <laughs> like my hair's getting too long. I hate it being this long. <laughs> yeah, 
Not too bad. It'd be all right. But my, my point is doing more than yours does. Fair enough. I mean, we we we, we bought some Barber's Clippers. Yeah, my dad I'll have to leave mine. Um, me, me dad used the Barber's Clippers already, so I might, might, I might have to use them. As a kid, I, I always went Blade 2 all over, so I might just do that because that looked alike. So um, I might just do that again. Like a right skinhead. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, I've also been enjoying watching some Belarus in football as that league's still going strong. I, I, I mean, I don't have Sky anyway or BT, but I wouldn't watch it anyway because that's out of protest for what a stupid idea it is to still be on. No, it's not on Sky or BT. I'm just finding streams. <laughs> You're streaming Belarusian football. <laughs> yes, I am indeed. <laughs> oh, God. Um... <laughs> So yeah, moving on, uh, of course, there's plenty has gone on on our Leeds United social media pages. Uh, the FIFA simulation streams, um, they've kept on going. Um, last Friday, Easter Friday, it was a 3-1 win uh, over Stoke City on the FIFA, um, and 20.2,000 people watched that. Um, and on Easter Monday, it was a 3-2 win away at Swansea City on the FIFA and uh, 33.8 thousand people watched that as well. So a lot of people watching these FIFA streams. And I've just come to the, to the conclusion that Leeds United are really damn good on FIFA 20. <laughs> Either that or whoever's playing it for Leeds is very good at FIFA. No, well, these are just simulations. Other, no one's playing possible. it. It's just, it's just you, you've gone. Oh, you right, you haven't right. selected a side of anything. You, you, you're just sim, simulating it. <laughs> Plus, we're on, we're on good form at the moment, so that will probably get taken into account. Yeah, EA, of course, who make FIFA, they just seem to love us, really. Um, and again, if only it was real life, because that would have made it 11 wins in a vote and 12 games unbeaten, which is just surreal. If, if only we were actually witnessing that, because that, that would have been incredible. <laughs> Plus, it would have been promoted much, much quicker. It <laughs> <laughs> would have been promoted by now, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, it would have been already up. Yeah, I just miss Leeds United, miss football, miss on the road. I just miss it all. I miss it all. You know, for the clap for the NHS stuff, when I'm out on the doorstep clapping, I can't help it but try to start singing Leeds United chants. I just want to desperately. Just want to start singing We Are Leeds and We All Love Leeds while I'm clapping. <laughs> I'm sure we're back out on the road soon. Hopefully. Um, someone who is quite clearly quite average at uh, FIFA. Uh, FIFA 20. Uh, Ms. Leeds United striker Patrick Bamford, uh, the uh, 26-year-old, was uh, chosen uh, to play as Leeds United in this staying to Toto, I think is how you pronounce it, this uh, staying to Toto Cup, which is a fun FIFA tournament uh, that many football clubs have launched online, uh, where they choose a player uh, from their club uh, to represent them on FIFA in a big FIFA tournament. Bamford was chosen for Leeds United. He was in Group H with Northampton, Charlton and PAOK. And uh, he went out in the group stages, so he's obviously a terrible FIFA player. Yeah, I think uh, Johnny Williams was playing for Charlton and scored a last-minute equaliser against Leeds, which... Uh... Which knocked Bamford out, unfortunately. Uh, I think the I think Northampton won the group. So whoever's playing as Northampton, he, he must be really damn good because he, <laughs> Northampton are probably dreadful on FIFA yeah, and Leeds United should be ten times better. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, clearly, clearly had some professional help there. Yeah. So Leeds United, they uh, have also posted a video this week of John Kevin Augustin working out at home. Good to see that he's keeping fit. I mean, Charles, he, he looks he looks great, doesn't he? He looks too skinny. He looks a bit ill. I'm not sure whether that's the Bielsa diet or the amount of exercise he's doing. He looks, he looks like he needs some, some food. I remember, <laughs> I mean, obviously, Luke Hillen was saying the, the thing he misses most about the pre-Bielsa regime was food. I think yeah. Augustin's going to be feeling the same. I mean, all players at Leeds United, they look painfully thin. <laughs> like, they look ill. All of them. <laughs> I mean, Stuart Dallas doesn't. He still looks like more or less like he used to do. 
Yeah, uh, it'd, be, it'd be great uh, to see some before and after pictures. Yeah, someone's got to do them at some point. I, I, just, I just want to see like Bamford looking like looking a bit overweight at Borough to like looking like lean and mean at least. <laughs> Pre Bielsa and post Bielsa. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see like just the images of that. would be funny. Yeah, I mean, of course, we may or may not see Kevin Augustin play for Leeds United. Of course, it's depending on what happens with football and then this season. And um, but hopefully, we do get to see him play because, of course, he is only a lone player. There is that option to buy, but. Um, we we don't know what's going to happen with, with football and with this season. So hopefully we do get to see him play, though. But, I mean, this video of, of him keeping fit, it's got me excited to see him play, really, because he's obviously got down and worked hard. Yeah, I mean, obviously we are lined up to spend quite a lot of money on him. You would hope that he would uh, help us uh, uh, in the last nine games and make the impact that we need him to make uh, in order to get us up and score a couple of goals, maybe, if, uh, if we're lucky. So, yeah, I'm pleased to see that he's looking out. He's clearly buying into the regime. And... Uh, has lost a ridiculous amount of weight. I just hope he's <laughs> yes. not he's not cost himself any strength in the in the uh, in the urgency to lose a bit of weight. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully we do get to see him play. Um, and Leeds United uh, this week they've also done a Q and A Q&A with Jani Alioski um, on social media, uh, which was a very uh, interesting indeed, Charles. <laughs> yeah, he's a very interesting character in general. Is Alioski? So at the odd times he does get interviewed. Um, yeah. You're always kind of a bit curious as to what he's going to say and whether or not it's going to get into get him into any trouble. <laughs> so yeah, his interview was was quite was quite good. He's just quite sh- a strange individual, isn't he? I mean, his uh, his teammates can't really figure him out. <laughs> we can't really figure him out. And yeah, he, he gets he gets he gets painted as kind of a bit of a kind of class clown and a bit you know a bit silly. But he's quite. He seems to be quite an intelligent bloke. Yeah, he, he does seem to be a, a very intelligent guy. Um, but running through the Q and A then, so Legion United of course did an article on it for those people who, who just don't understand what Johnny Alioski says half the time. <laughs> uh, so the first question was, how are you coping being locked up in the house all day? Um, and he says it's not easy, uh, but at this time everybody has everything they need at home. You can always find something to do, like go on the PlayStation or watch films on Netflix. And um, he also says some read books, but not me, <laughs> not me though. He's not a fan of books, Danny Alioski. <laughs> no, fair play for him somehow. Um, and as a kid, uh, he supported uh, Real Madrid. That was his team, and his idol was Roberto Carlos, uh, which is interesting. Of course, he's a left-sided player, Roberto Carlos, one of the best left-backs to ever play football. So, yeah, that, that's very interesting. You can, you can tell why Roberto Carlos was his was his favourite player, his idol. He also said um, how, many, how many languages he can speak, and he said it's five or six languages. German, Italian, English, Albanian, Macedonian, French, and a little bit of Spanish. So that's not five or six. That's six, and then maybe a seventh language. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends how good his grasp of Spanish is. It could be six, yeah. in which case he would still be right. Even six is, is five more than I can speak. I mean, I could say that I can speak three languages or four languages. I can speak English. I can speak Spanish. I can say hola. <laughs> and count to ten in Spanish. <laughs> No, I think uh, we're talking about fluent languages here, not you randomly looking up yeah. uh, words in a phrase book <laughs> while you're on holiday. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, many languages, Johnny Alioski says that he speaks. So, I mean, we, we always say, you know, he's a he's a mad bastard, but he's clearly very intelligent, you know, learning all these languages, which is which is great. Yeah, well, I mean, it's probably quite essential for a for someone from a Eastern European country who obviously has to move countries to play play in uh, different leagues and you know obviously settle down if you're settling down in france or, or germany or spain and it's you, you will need you do need to learn learn the language and obviously if he didn't have such a good grasp of english he would he would struggle here as well so 
And he, his, his draft of English is good. It's just, it's not his choice of words. I think it's more his accent. It's sometimes I find slightly yeah. difficult to understand. Like, his choice of words is usually fine. So yeah, he, he's obviously very, very fluent in English. So yeah, it's, good, it's a good life school. I wish I could speak six languages. It would make going oh, yeah. abroad a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, that that's what I really wish happened at school. I wish that schools pushed languages a lot more. Because I didn't really take them seriously, but I wish that, they, that you know, they, they told you, oh, yeah, languages are very important. I, I, I wish I could speak another language. I, it would be amazing. I was terrible at languages in school, and therefore I didn't like the subject at all, so I hated it, so I never put any effort into it, which yeah. I wish I had done in hindsight. I, I, it was one of two GCSEs that I failed, that and art. No, I, I didn't do languages at GCSE. We had the option not to do any languages at GCSE, so I didn't do them because I was terrible, so I didn't really take them seriously either. But I wish schools really did knuckle down on languages because, you know, now I really do wish that, you know, I did speak Spanish or German. I was really good at German at one point, but now I've just forgot everything, to be honest. <laughs> mm, yeah. Oski was also asked about his uh, favourite moment of his career. He says, everybody has good moments, but the best one for him is promotion, which is still to come, he says. So he's optimistic, is Gianni Oski, very optimistic. I like it. Um, he also cool. says, favourite game uh, for Leeds United. He says, we've had a lot of nice games, but when we won uh, 3-2 against Aston Villa, of course, away um, last season, he said that was beautiful, and then the final win at home against West Brom last season. This crazy game, and yeah, everyone will remember that game. I certainly do. He says, what's your favourite Leeds United goal you've scored? He says, the first one against Nottingham Forest away in 2017, uh, which was a fantastic goal as well, by the way. Brilliant goal. And a curl left, left, uh, left foot, bottom corner, wasn't it? Yeah, right fantastic finish. Fans. Remember that goal, yeah? Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, it says, who's the best player you've played with? Um, he said there's a few, but he, he says Pablo Hernandez. Um, he says best player you've played against. He said Sergio Ramos, which was interesting. I wasn't expecting that. I don't know who. I don't know when he, it must when he would have from Macedonia. Yeah, Macedonia might have played Spain at some point, so no, that might have been where he's got that from. But if he played Spain, then I, I he surely should have gone with Iniesta. Would have been better than playing Ramos, but whatever. <laughs> it's to each their own. Yeah, he says his favorite Peppa Pig character because of course there was that Johnny Cam where he just started screaming Peppa Pig. So he was asked, what's his favourite Peppa Pig character? It says George and Peppa. I haven't got a clue about that, so we'll move on from that. Um, he was also asked why he likes shaking tunnels so much. So, of course, there's all these videos online of Gianni Olioski shaking tunnels at stadiums, especially in away games. And he said, I like it because you make all the security staff nervous and angry, which he <laughs> likes, which is fascinating. I think he's just a wind up merchant. That that is his kind of that is who who he is. So yeah. any any opportunity to, you know, get on people's nerves is gonna take it. I've met plenty yeah. of people like that in life. I'm related <laughs> to quite a few of them as well. <laughs> um he also tried to give a log uh, logistical reason as well. He said um that when he did it first time the one, so he just continues to do that. He feels the need to do that. So um that's fair enough. Keep on doing that, Alioski, if that's the case. He says how how does it feel that there's so many cats dedicated to Johnny Cam? He says it's great. He follows a lot of them, which um I do too. Fantastic. He says, How do you think your teammates would describe you? He said they'd probably say I'm crazy, but they're wrong. I'm a lovely guy. I have a big heart. I always smile, of course. I'm a little crazy, but this is what you need in good moments. <laughs> so it seems genuinely upset that people, you know, a lot of people have been saying I wouldn't want to spend more than twenty minutes with Alioski. It seems it seems upset by that. Yeah, I think he's he seems like a quite an emotional guy, which is kind of at odds of, uh, of a wind up merch because people people who love winding people up normally aren't that emotional because yeah. you know otherwise you'll just get it back. But yeah, it seems like he's um, fairly emotional. But he, <laughs> I think it's just kind of a bit a bit of personal pride. He he, he thinks he'd, he'd be he's a 
good conversation. And he probably is. He probably is a good a good I, I would definitely oh, yeah. have a pint with him. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> no doubt. That that would be very entertaining. Yeah. He was also asked about last season. So there's that clip of Pontus Jansen. I think it was the game against Brentford. Um or whatever, Pontus Jansen. He turned is is he hugged Jani Oski. I think he kissed him on the cheek as well. But he turned around and Alioski just punches him and he seems proper angry. And he basically says that Pontus Jansen hit him on the back and it made him angry. And so he just went went and punched him, which <laughs> short temper. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean it, it, <laughs> I, I I looked at that incident at the time, I thought that's very weird. Uh, <laughs> but you know. It is the kind of thing potters used to do, though. Just you know, just randomly like pick people up or jump on top of people or <laughs> people just on our team. It's like, what are you doing? It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> and obviously these are in like emotional moments in the middle of the game, so his head's not quite as normal. You know, laugh it off kind of uh, stance. Yeah, um, he says which players, which teammates you're closest to. He says Gaetano Bavardi, as they both speak Italian, and Pablo Hernandez, of course, uh, they both speak Spanish as well. He also he was also asked about that video of him in this swimming pool screaming Kevin, which which was a really weird video and I think concerned a lot of people. <laughs> um, but he basically said, I had watched Home Alone and I heard it in the film when the mum shouted Kevin. And so he just couldn't stop saying it, basically, which is 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 amazing. It's just, it's just strange, isn't it? It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, he says, what do you like to do outside of football? He says, uh, ping pong, tennis, good weather and coffee and relaxing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, he says, what's I, your favourite takeaway? I, Whitehall Restaurant on Whitehall Road, which is right near the least train station. I've been there before. The food's all right. I wouldn't say it's the best, but he, he seems to like that. So um, fair enough. He says, the chicken wings fish pasta is nice and they also do delivery. So Johnny Oscar must, must live around there. I'm guessing he lives in a flats above Whitehall Restaurant, maybe. And maybe that's why he likes it so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I thought the players kind of live near the dark arches, but uh, or out in like the countryside. Those are the kind of two places they live, depending on whether they like city life or I reckon the single lads <laughs> in the team or the, or the, the lads without kids would probably prefer living in the city. The ones with kids and misses like Stuart Dallas and Liam Cooper and the like would probably like living and uh, Luke Hale and like living out in the country. Yeah, you see a lot of Leeds United players running along the uh, the canal, the river that goes through Leeds City Centre. Um, which a lot of people walk down, and they, a lot of people used to walk down on that on the day. You see, you sometimes see a lot of Leeds United players down there, either doing running or cycling or just walking down there. So yeah, I think a lot of Leeds United players do live in in the city centre. He was also asked about his favourite type of music. He said hip hop, Latino, and some Albanian Balkan music, which I don't know what that is. Which PlayStation games are you playing at the moment? It says FIFA. He says foot champions. He gets twenty three wins out of thirty, which is very good. I only get about fifteen out of thirty, so um. Yeah, that's very good. He was. He says, "What's it like to play under Marcel Bielsa?" He said, "Thank you to Leeds for bringing him here, and to God for bringing him here." I mean, Marcel Bielsa's God, so he bought himself. <laughs> um, I, I would love it? to hear some Albanian music. I would love. To. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah, I've seen all these um, pictures and videos of people like spotting Marcel Bielsa out in Weatherby, just walking about. It's quite interesting. There's a picture of him outside Weatherby Wheeler, and the caption was Marcel Bielsa seems to be really upset that Weatherby Wheeler's closed. Yeah, I mean, I'm devastated. My local fish, uh, fish and chip shop is shut. I haven't oh, had yeah. fish and chips in about in about a month, and I'm I'm, I'm absolutely devastated because I, I used to eat it about <laughs> a li- at least once a week. I used to have fish and chips. Wow, I, I I am a big fan of fish and chips. I must I must admit, um, Marcel Bielsa. Though all these pictures, he's wearing tracksuits. 
like Marcel Bielsa is a millionaire and he looks homeless. <laughs> I mean, on tracksuits don't make you homeless. I would say no, but like he he doesn't like he just wears a plain old t-shirt tracksuit and the same trainers all the time he's not a man of material possessions he's, he's very single-minded he doesn't see a, a point he doesn't seem to see a point in fashion or anything like that the way i imagine the way he sees it is he's here to do a job and the job isn't finished yet so <laughs> why, yeah. why would we messing about buying clothes and going out to nice restaurants and spending money on unnecessary stuff when he can you know just go around in his club provided comfy stuff and enjoy himself yeah, I mean, even when there was so last summer when uh, the club were negotiating with Marcel Bielsa for him to stay, a lot of people posted pictures of Marcel Bielsa and Victor Alta in a restaurant in Centre Leeds, a really nice posh restaurant as well, in a meeting, and Marcel Bielsa sat there in his tracksuits, which is just <laughs> he's such a fascinating character as Marcel Bielsa. I, I'd love to just have a chat with him, you know, just sit down and have a chat with him. No, I don't do interviews, unfortunately, mate. Not not one to one. Not not even yeah. Phil gets that that honour. Yeah, they were, they were lucky to get it in a documentary, apparently. They were very lucky to get it. And Johnny Olowski, he was also asked, uh, what was it like playing on the road for the first time? He said it's crazy. Um, you know, mentions the fans and stuff, which, yeah, you, you, you can imagine, you know, it, it must be mental playing at the road. I'd love to play at the road. And unfortunately, you that, I couldn't do that. If you, if you were terrible, you would get a lot of stick, mate. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> So moving on then from that uh, very interesting Q&A with Gianni Olioski. And McCoss spoke uh, last week about this uh, fun Easter challenge Leeds United had set up um, last week uh, where people made Leeds United-based egg sculptures, I guess you could say, uh, for a chance to win some prizes, including signed memorabilia. Uh, people entered online using the hashtag LUFC Easter Challenge and Leeds United tweeting out many of them. Um, and they all look good. And, you know, hopefully everyone who's listening or watching right now, hopefully you all had a fantastic Easter weekend. I certainly did. You know, an extended weekend, four-day weekend, which, I mean, every day feels like a weekend now. I, d- I don't even know what day it is, to be, to be honest. I mean, is, is it a Friday? I don't know. <laughs> it's a Friday. Definitely a yeah. Friday. You do lose track of days, though, don't you? So, of course, uh, football is suspended indefinitely. There's no return date, um, but hopefully it does return sooner rather than later. Um, but there have been, you know, some return dates for football, you know, reported, but nothing really finalised. And there are reports, though, that UEFA is considering proposals, which would see the Champions League final being played on August 29th, uh, of course, three months later than the original uh, scheduled date. Whether that happens, we'll need to wait and see. Um, but uh, last week, we spoke about uh, this letter um, that had been sent to all football clubs in the EFL by EFL chairman Rick Parry, um, whose plan is to finish the 2019-20 season in just 56 days uh, with uh, fixtures to be played behind closed doors um, in those eight weeks uh, it would see all championship and league one league two fixtures including playoffs uh, completed uh, the EFL have also told all clubs not to return to training until uh, at least the 16th of May uh, but I promise to give sides adequate time to prepare for returning to action um, so yeah, we spoke about this last week of course it's positive news it's good that they've got a plan in place and a reasonable plan too as well it seems but this week EFL chairman uh, Rick Parry um, he has written an open letter to uh, fans um, where he's confirmed that there's no scheduled return date because of all the uncertainty but did reiterate that games will resume and when they do fans will be locked out which you know, Charles, it's quite hard to accept that games will be played behind closed doors, but it's definitely the right thing. It's the lesser of two evils, really, when it comes down to it. I would prefer to be there in person watching the games 
and obviously cheering the lads on. But I do prefer behind closed doors to, you know, void in the season. <laughs> obviously a better better outcome for everybody. Uh, so I could reluctantly accept it. I'd like I know it's very optimistic and it won't happen, but I would like for them to do maybe like five or six games behind closed doors and then maybe do like the last three if obviously health advice permits it and the NHS permits it and the government permits it. The last three games would be nice to be our fans back for. But you know, if it came down to it, I would accept the final nine being behind closed doors. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would hope that the club would organise like a celebration day once all this is packed in, you know, to celebrate the promotion. Should we get promoted? <laughs> Should we get promoted? Yeah, I love, uh, I love the confidence there. Yeah, and the accidental uh, jinx. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's inevitable for me that sports will return before crowds do return, which you know, I guess is a is a good thing, really, because you know, social distancing is the right thing. Um, as I keep on saying, stay indoors. Um. Yeah, I think that it is inevitable that sports will return without fans. Um, and for me, God forbid not, but for me, I don't think live events and sporting events with fans and concerts, etc. I don't think those will come back until sometime next year. I think we, these restrictions will be in place for, for the long haul. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's inevitable that sports will return without fans and we'll just need to accept, need to accept it, really. VFL, though, they have vowed uh, to make every match across their leagues available um, to watch whether that that be on TV or via streaming services by clubs, which I guess is fantastic. Really, we can all watch um, the end of the season when when it does happen, at, um, some way or another. Um, and uh, Rick Parry also spoke about how important fans are to, which is quite a nice change to be honest. <laughs> we, we, as fans, we don't really we feel as though we're not really respected by VFL. Because we aren't. <laughs> no, but this, this really? letter to fans is quite good, though. Of course, VFL, massive changing of hands, really. In it all, a lot of people left, a lot of people have, have come in. Um, it, it does seem to be on the right track now, VFL. Yeah, we shall see. I'm not, yeah. I don't hold that much thought for the Football League. We shall mm. see. But as I said, I, I certainly do think sports will return and be played behind closed doors for, for, for many, many months to come. Um, before fans are allowed back, and I think that restrictions will be in place until um, next year when hopefully a vaccine comes out. That's just my personal opinion. Hopefully, restrictions aren't you know aren't in place until next year, but I think that they will until a vaccine comes out. I think that we're in lockdown. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, but obviously, we'll, we'll get into that too much. But this week. We, we've seen, especially in America, America just, just seemed to be messed up, really. But WWE, they've hit mainstream media because the state of Florida has uh, said that professional wrestling is classed as an essential business. Now, we won't go into all that there. So, no, look it up if you're interested, but it's basically WWE bribing the state of Florida to let them continue. Uh, but it sparked debate uh, about you know what's essential and what's not. And I, I, I do think that in some circumstances, sport will be classed as essential you know and and that's why i do think sports I, I do think sports will return this year in 2020 but 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 you know of course not fans but you know what's your opinion charles is sport essential um i can't remember who said this quote and it's gonna really annoy me obviously the, the quote is that sport is the most important important thing of of all unimportant things, if you know what I mean. It's the most, you know, the most essential thing of things that don't mean, that, are, that don't matter, that aren't essential. It's right up there. Obviously, it's not crucial to life. People can live without it, but it means so much to people. I wouldn't class it as essential because food, shelter, water, and health, those things are essential. You know, yeah. spending time with your family, those things are essential. Sport is not, but it's it's important. As, as hobbies and as pastimes go, it is the most important one for me. Yeah, I, and I do think, you know, the state of Florida, although it's in the US, I think that them 
saying that you know pro wrestling is is an essential business i do think that that's going to be a domino effect and i do think that more states in the us will consider sport essential and sports without fans will happen and then i think they'll go worldwide and i do think that you know as i keep on saying i do think sports will return before fans return and i do think you know i don't think live events are going to return for you know for fans um until next year that's just my opinion hopefully not but um no, I, I do think we're in for the long haul, but definitely sports that will return without fans and we're just going to have to accept it, really, uh, which is quite quite unfortunate. But let's move on now. Let's move on to uh, some of your guys' questions. So, of course, each week we ask viewers and listeners to ask me and Charles questions for, for Charles and I to answer um, on the podcast as best as we can. And we've got a good one um, on Twitter uh, from Johnny Chick, um, who asks, what are your favourite games you've seen live at Ellen Road. And um, because I, I very much enjoyed last week's podcast ranking our top uh, five favourite Leeds goals um, we've seen, I thought we'd do the same here. So um, what are our top five f- games, favourite games we've seen live at Ellen Road? Charles, we'll start with you. What's number five for you? Uh, number five is, I've got, I've got a written down list, that's what I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> number five, well. yeah, is a, it was a three-all draw between Leeds and Watford in 2013, in, in which uh, Matt Smith, Russell Cormack, Danny Pugh scored the goals for Leeds, and Troy Deeney and Batocchio, Batocchio, can never pronounce his name properly, scored the goals for Watford, and obviously Leeds went 2-0 down, and then went 3-2 up, and then just Deeney scored an 86th-minute equaliser, which was a bit gutting at the time, but it was a really good yeah. atmosphere, and I really, really enjoyed the game, and I must have been... I think I was 14 at the time, uh, but yeah. a few years, few years ago now. Anyway, but yeah, I really enjoyed that one. I, I went with my dad, and that was it. Was just a really good game in a really kind of terrible era because you know 2012 to kind of 2015 was was just abject. So it was, yeah, this, this mean, was just quite quite enjoyable game. Yeah, I mean, when, when you told me before we start recording the podcast that you'd picked a game from that era that wasn't against Premier League opposition. I was very surprised. I was thinking, what game stands out in that in that era? Because we were dreadful. I, I was just like, what game have you picked? But that free that free old draw at home against Watford, yeah, I remember that. And that was a fantastic game. I was, like, I was in the East End for that. And um, yeah, we, yes, we were dreadful yes. first half. And then, of course, as I say, we pulled it back three to a head. And I think that a load of fans ran onto the pitch uh, at the North Stand and got uh, dragged off by security guards. So that was quite funny. But yeah, that, that was fantastic. Good atmosphere. And yeah, that, that's a good game. That, that really does stick out for me. Number five in my list is, again, from 2013. It's 27th of January 2013. And it's the 2-1 win against Tottenham Hotspur in the FA Cup third round. This was a very good game. I, I think the South Sand, that, that was empty apart from the upper tier. Uh, but apart from that, you know, Ellen Road was packed as, as it, you know, as it should be, you know, against Premier League opposition. And it was just a fantastic day. It, it, it was during the day. It wasn't at a night, you know, it, it was during the day. So it, it felt like, a, you know, back in the Premier League days, really, when you're just playing a Premier League team at three o'clock on, on a Saturday. It was one of them kind of games. The sun was shining. I think it was live on them. Um, on BT Sport or whatever it was back then, I think it was was it Satanta Sports back then? No, I'm I'm not too sure. Um, I don't think I don't think BT was around in 2013. But anyway, anyway, it was on TV and Tottenham Hotspur. They played, you know, they brought a lot of fans and they played their full first team. Gav Bale played in there, and at least United, of course, back then we were quite average. <laughs> and I think it was around 14 minutes in. Luke Varney scores to put Leeds United one 0 up. Of Luke Varney of all people. <laughs> yeah, awful player. Um. Yeah, and that put us winning up. And then 
the second half, McCormack, fantastic goal this, because it was a long ball. By them had won it off Bale, I think, and then played a long ball forward. McCormack headed it back to Duke from the halfway line. He lofted a ball over the top to McCormack, who was all of a sudden one-on-one with Brad Friedel. He's on the edge of a box. The defenders come back, so McCormack cuts it back onto his left foot and then curls a beauty into the top left-hand corner. It was a fantastic goal. Yeah. And, yeah, and that puts Tunnel up. And I think Clint Dempsey, he pulled them back for Tottenham Hotspur um, late on. And then right at the end of the game, the referee blew the full-time whistle and Rudy Austin had just launched a ball um, forward because uh, Brad Friedley had come up for a corner just beforehand. So Rudy Austin's got the ball on the halfway line. He, sh- he shoots for goal. The referee blows for full-time, but the ball rolls in. And we all think it's 3-1, but another referee had, had blown full-time beforehand. So it was a 2-1 win, but should have counted, really. Corrupt referees, as always. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that 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 game just stands out because we were against you know a good, a good team in Spurs back then. You know Gareth Bale, he was a fantastic player even back then. And um, yeah, to, to to play Spurs at home, and of course the last time we played Spurs at Ellen Road before then was uh, I think it was 2010, wasn't it? We beat Man United in the FA Cup, drew against Spurs in in the fourth fourth round, and then took them back for a replay. They beat us three one. Um, I think Def Defoe scored a hat trick in that game. Um, but, you know, you weren't expecting much because we were dreadful. Spurs had got a good team, um, playing the first team, and then we just ended up beating them 2-1, which was just amazing. So that game has got number five for me. Um, I really enjoyed that one. Number four on the list, Charles, what, what have you got there? Uh, number four is was from April 2017. It was a three-all home draw against Norwich, in which Le- Leeds United were 3-0 down at half-time from uh, Naismith and Nelson Oliveira. Oliveira got a brace, so it was, they scored 28 minutes, 34 minutes, 45th minute. And then on the cusp of half-time, just before half-time, Chris Wood scored. So it, it was 3-1 at half-time. And then obviously it, it was it was kind of, <laughs> it was awful because we were coming to the end of the Monk season and everyone could kind of feel it kind of falling apart and it was horrible. Yeah. And then obviously second half we come out and because we we had a, we had a bit of momentum because we scored at the end of the first half. Kyle Bartley scores in the 49th minute, so it brings it back to three two, and obviously Evan gets a bit of a lift. And then Pablo Hernandez bangs in a unbelievable free kick, and yeah, back to three three. It was just a really good comeback. I really enjoyed it. I was in the um, I think I was in the East Stand for this one as well. Yeah, I was in the Cheese Wedge for that yeah. game, and um, yeah, that that game was fantastic, and it almost made my list. But the only reason it didn't was because. Um, so I went with Chris, so of course Chris Chivers, who has been on the channel before. I went with him and we were in the cheese wedge. And me and Chris, because we were 2 0 down, so me and Chris just went down and you know we're getting drinks and, and burgers and stuff. And there's there's no TVs. When when you're lining up to the bar, there's not too many TVs that you can watch the game on in, in the cheese wedge, which is really unfortunate. And there were no one really celebrating either in the cheese wedge. And so yeah, we we went down to at 2 0. We come back and it was 3 <laughs> 1. We're like, yeah. what has happened here? Um, so yeah, three one at half time, and then and then we of course put it back. So that almost made mine, but it didn't because we missed a lot of goals, um, which was really really annoyed about. But no, number four on my list is uh, the game on the eighteenth of March, twenty seventeen. It is of course that two 0 win at home against Brighton and Hove Albion. That was just a fantastic game. The the vlog is still up on the All Things League YouTube channel. Go check that out if you haven't um, already. Uh, fantastic, fantastic game, and that vlog I got both goals in it. So uh, yeah, def- definitely watch it but no, that was just incredible because we I think we were third at the time third in the in the championship table and um, we were high flying we were doing great Brighton I think were first and uh you know it was a big game it was a big game we weren't really expecting much but to go out and you know Chris Wood when that goal went in the south stand erupted and then of course we got the penalty and Chris Wood uh, took that away as well to make it 2-0 um, it was just fantastic. And of course, there's that clip of uh, David Stockdale, the Brighton goalkeeper at the time. Um, he's a Leeds fan. 
And so when that penalty went in, he he, he did a small celebration <laughs> to himself. There's a there's a there's a good video of that somewhere. I'm I'm, I'm sure he will deny that because otherwise <laughs> the club would have no, find him. <laughs> the, yeah, but there, there is a video of him doing that. So there's definitely proof there. But no, two 0 win, fantastic. And after that, you know, I think it was V's to break after that. Around that time, I was on the video as well, Radio Yorkshire, uh, for the first time. So that was really cool for me. Um, I interviewed Ben Parker around then as well. But that was just a really cool time. Went off into the Easter break. And then when we come back, we, of course, lost against Reading, ended up losing against Burton and and, and drawing against Norwich and just bottling bottling (laughs) the playoffs. We were third going into the Easter break and then finished seventh. And there was like five games left of the season after that. So, um, yeah, that game was a definite remember, high of that season. Yeah, I remember losing losing away to Burton at the end of that season, and that kind of nailed it that we were not going to finish sixth. That was yeah. horrible. Yeah, that game against Burton, I was in um, Leeds United. We were doing the beanbag, so we were in the north stand with the big screens. The sun was shining, so you couldn't see anything that was going on in the game because the sun was just shining straight into the big screens, and that was just an awful day where everyone left early because it was just dreadful. Uh, but yeah, that yeah. game number four for me, number three for you, Charles. What is it? This you might be surprised to find this so low on the list. I've actually gone for the three-two comeback. Uh, winning at home against Blackburn because yeah. it was just most of this game was by our standards awful it was we, we, uh, I think Jack Harrison forced an own goal and then I think Danny Mulgrew uh, scored a penalty uh, oh, sorry Charlie Mulgrew scored the, uh, the penalty and then uh, which I didn't really blame Peacock Farrell much for at the time and then obviously Peacock Farrell letting that free kick in the 90th minute which I've seen it back and um, Mulgrew, actually, no, but Mulgrew actually dives to the free kick if you watch it back watch the highlights back if anyone's watching this watch it back he dives for the free kick in the first place and then scores it oh yeah he does yeah and, yeah and then, and, then, uh, and then obviously we go up the other end immediately and score an equaliser, which the referee takes ages to give because people block it in the line. We're not sure whether it's gone over. People in the copper are cheering, but no one's really sure whether it's gone in or not. And obviously he gives the goal and goes a bit, and gets a bit of a lift. And then it gets a free kick gets booted in, gets cleared. It gets put back out to the wing. I think it's Hernandez crosses it to roof, flicks header, far corner, and then everyone goes absolutely insane. Obviously, Thomas <laughs> is running down the pitch. It's all going a bit mental. And yeah. um, it was just a fantastic game, especially because we just the game before we just done Aston three two in similar circumstances. <laughs> uh, obviously, I, I reckon the Villa game. I wasn't at the Villa game. I was at the Blackburn game. The Villa game was a bit better because we came from two 0 down in the in the Villa game. This was only from two one down, and we played better in the Villa game as well. But this was just a fantastic atmosphere at the end of the game. Everyone was just yeah. buzzing. Yeah, I, this this has also made number three on my list as well. Um, that three two win against Blackburn that was on the twenty sixth of December twenty eighteen Boxing Day, and yeah, that was fantastic because yeah, the game beforehand we had just beaten Aston Villa away three two, fantastic comeback after being two 0 down away at Villa, which is a hard place to go to win three two, incredible, and then just three days later uh, another incredible comeback, and um, yeah, we, as you said, we were poor by our standards that season. We were really poor um, for the majority of the game. Course two one down, and when you've conceded two goals against Blackburn with Chalmers Grew scoring both of them, you know that you've done bad. So um, yeah, two one yeah. down, heading into added time, of course. And then uh, I think Pablo Hernandez he scored the first one in added time, didn't he? Or was it? Kem- I think Kemaru scored both in added time, didn't he? I think. Yeah, uh, he scored both. Yeah, scored two goals in added time. It was just mental. <laughs> and when that when that winner went in, you know, Pontus Jansen. Sprinting down the pitch, everyone just buzzing. So yeah, that that game was was fantastic. Moving on to number two in the list, then what have you got? Uh, this was also last season. I appreciated a lot of these last season, but you know, these last season was the best uh, season in my memory. In you know, I can ever remember. So apologies for this. It does make me seem like a bit of a plastic, but I was there for the shit years too. We just didn't enjoy them as much. 
yeah, the, the number two on the list is the 3-2 home win against Millwall in March. Purely because at the same time that Pablo scored an equaliser for us, Sheffield United also conceded against, I think it was against Reading at the time. So in the space of about five minutes, they went from like three points clear of us and, and then we, we were ahead of them. The table fluctuated so much in about five minutes and it yeah. was just a sensational win. Obviously, Luke Ayling got like a diving out of it to kind of get us back into it as well. So it was just a brilliant game all around. And at the end of the game, it felt like we were, we got it back in our hands. We'd, we'd wrestle control of the league again from Sheffield United. Obviously, we eventually bottled it against Wigan, but we'll, we'll ignore that. But yeah. that was that, that was just a fantastic game, especially because Millwall, there's always loads of goals involved in games against Millwall. Yeah, there is. It's just, yeah. It's just a, well, it was 3-2 again this year, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, um, so 7-12, that's 17 goals in the past three games against Millwall at Ellen Road. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's always it's always an insane game because they're always massively up for it, and uh, and we are as well to be fair because it's just funny to see them lose and see yeah. us win. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was that made number two on my list cause, just because it was such a pivotal moment in what should have been the best season of my life, but yeah. wasn't in the end sadly. When I was writing my list, that that game didn't spring to mind, but now that you say that, you know, it's, it's jogged my memory a bit. And yeah, that game was fantastic. I loved that game. But I've thrown a bit of a, I've thrown a spanning to the works here. So the question is, what are your favourite games you've seen at Ellen Road? Not specifically football games, just games. So I've included a rugby league game in my list that oh, I've seen God. at Ellen Road. Um, rugby game on the list. <laughs> no, I have. And number number two on my list is a game, a rugby league game from uh, February 29th, 2018. And it's uh, Leeds Rhinos 11, Melbourne Storm 4 in the uh, World Club Challenge. So this was my first rugby league game, first Leeds Rhinos game. Um, we were one row below the band. So it was very loud, fantastic atmosphere. And yeah, I absolutely enjoyed that night. It was such a, a special night that will always be in my memory. It, it was fantastic. I really, really did enjoy it. So... Yeah, I kind of worked my way around the question there, and yeah, I I, I put that game in because I absolutely loved that game. So that that had to go in for me. <laughs> you've you've cheated the list there, but we'll yeah, we'll I move have. on. <laughs> <laughs> I have, but yeah, that game number two for me. Uh, number one, I think we've got the same game here. I think we probably have. I've gone for the four 0 home win against West Brom yes. uh, in, in March twenty nineteen. Yeah, first yeah, match. It was just the best atmosphere I've probably experienced in a, in, a, in a game, other than maybe when we went 1-0 up in the second leg of the playoff semi-final against Derby. That was maybe yeah. matching it. But this was just insane because we scored every 30 minutes. Every time he sort of settled down a bit, we scored again. <laughs> uh, it was probably Tyler Roberts's either second or best game in a league shirt. I mean, you could argue that the whole game this season was better for him, but this was a fantastic game for him. Yeah. Um, getting assists for Bamford. Bamford got two goals obviously uh, it was just a brilliant game obviously Pablo's 16 second opener can't forget that that was just fantastic yeah, yeah so, it was fantastic I mean yeah. you say it was a really good atmosphere for me that night it was the worst and the best atmosphere because before the game everyone was so nervous it was so quiet when you're entering the stadium and, and, and at the start of the game it was quite quiet uh, but then all of a sudden Pablo Hernandez scores after 16 seconds everyone's buzzing and it, it ended up being a, a fantastic night a memorable night one which will always be in my memory because that was just fantastic fantastic because no we, we were saying it last week because we i included pablo Hernandez's goal in my top five goals and um yeah that week was just awful because um on, on the tuesday night we had lost one nil weight qpr there's that picture of marcel bielsa looking really sad and you're thinking we've got a promotion here 
and the game's coming up on the Friday night under the lights on Sky Sports against West Brom at home. And you're thinking, oh, we, we probably don't stand a chance here. We're going to lose this. The best we can hope for is a point. And then we go out and batter them in 4-0. It was just so surprising <laughs> and just such a special night. An absolutely special night, Pierce. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's got number one for me as well, and rightly so. I think, I think that's that's going that's going to go down in history as one of the best games Leeds United fans have seen at the road. It's got it's going to take some beating, that it really yeah. is. Especially in my lifetime, it's going to take a hell of a beating. Um, have you got any uh, honourable mentions to 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 I, put out? I do. I've got two honourable mentions. I've gone for another game. <laughs> I've got another game from last season. I do have another game from another season as well. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll go the the game from last season first. I've yeah, gone just for quickly. the two 0 home win versus Derby County, the Spygate win, just because that was fantastic, and just because the, <laughs> the kind of pre-match kind of negative, that kind of horrible feeling around the game, and the crowd were massively up for it, and it was just fun to slap Frank in his in his stupid smug face uh, over, <laughs> over the course of ninety minutes. Sadly, we didn't finish the season like that, but we'll leave that aside. And my other honourable mention is from twenty seventeen November twenty seventeen. It's a two one home win versus uh, Middlesbrough, just because I really enjoyed that game and. Um, Singing F. Um, Gavin Monk the entire game. Yeah, I, w- I went with a mate, uh, with uh, Newsom, who um, I met, uh, he just broke up with his girlfriend, so I, I took him to a, a Leeds game, and we were in the, oh. uh, bought tickets, we were in the, we were in the cop, and we had, it was just a fantastic game. Very fun, very fun. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously, I think it was, Hernandez scored one, and I think Alioski might have scored the other one, I, I can't really remember, but. Yeah, I can't really I think, remember I, either. I, I think it was Alioski that scored the other one, anyway, it was just a, it was just a brilliant game, because I, I expected us to lose, we were having an awful season, and then we just popped up and beat Borough. And it was just nice. Yeah. And a bit, yeah. I just so, really enjoyed the game. Yeah, two good honourable mentions there. Um, I have to mention that 2-0 win at home against Aston Villa um, at Ellen Road on the uh, yeah, 3rd of December uh, 2016, I think this one was. Um, another okay. another uh, fantastic game, that one. So that has to get a mention. Um, and a few friendlies as well. You know, we've beaten Wolves in a friendly, Newcastle in a friendly at home. So those ones have to go in as well. Those, those ones were, were uh, fantastic. Uh, but yeah, it may spark a lot of opinion. A lot of people may disagree with our top five, but these are from our lifetime that we've seen live at Ellen Road, these games. So um, uh, yeah, take it easy on us. Uh, put, put, put in the comments, tweet us, uh, message us your top five games that you've seen live at Ellen Road. It'll be fantastic to hear from you guys. And um, um so, you know, have your have your opinions on this. Um, but yeah, those are our top five favorite ever Leeds United games we've seen live at Ellen Road. So yeah, I think those are, those are two good top five lists there. I think, I think we've done a good job there. Um, but yeah, many thanks to uh, to Johnny Chick for the uh, question there. Remember, get your guys, you guys, get your questions in for Charles and I to uh, answer on the podcast. Uh, you can uh, DM us um, on Twitter, or Instagram, or Facebook. Just search Paul Things Leeds, and you, I'm sure you'll find it. Um, or in the comments on YouTube and Facebook, just just let us know your questions there and me and Charles will, will do our best to answer uh, but that does bring us to the end of uh, episode 63 of the All Things Leeds podcast thank you as always to Charles Foster for joining me no worries mate thanks for having me on yeah really, really appreciate you uh, joining me um, again and uh, thanks uh, to everyone who has uh, watched or listened as well we really do uh, appreciate it if you are listening on Apple Podcasts give us a five star rating um, share the podcast around as well subscribe and uh, follow uh, follow All Things Leeds on social media, Twitter and Instagram, All Things Leeds 1 and Facebook. Uh, we are just called All Things Leeds and on YouTube as well. Subscribe to the channel, um, All Things Leeds um, on there. Uh, hopefully we have uh, entertained you all. Hopefully these podcasts and, and, and all these videos keep on entertaining you and entertaining you and offer some light relief during these difficult and unprecedented times. And during these times, I do want to remind everyone, follow the advice, stay at home as much as you can to save lives and save your NHS. Just just do all you can, please. Um, But yeah, until next time, take care, stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, we'll speak to you soon.